So, Spencer. Yes, Al. How, uh, how's the drive? Well, honestly, it, it went a lot worse than expected. Do you, uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about it? No. No, not really. <laughs> All right, sounds good. And welcome, everyone, to episode number 13 of The Outrage. It's myself, Spencer Pires, along with Alec Kevio. What's going Alec, on? How is your, how's your internship been? We asked episode, we ended up, you know, ending just before. We're now here at our internships, technically. We're actually here at the uh, Sportsnet Studios. So we're using your fine facilities as you actually have access to them. Yeah, I'm very, uh, very thankful. My uh, my boss is uh, pretty kind. At, uh, I thought I was going to you know, need a little bit more persuading than that, but I didn't, thankfully, and now we are here, and uh, man, <laughs> is it ever chaos outside or what? Yeah, so uh, what, what, what Al and I were talking about before the show, well, technically before the show, um, Al gave me a parking lot to park at, because we are downtown Toronto, like, yes. like literally as downtown as you can probably get. Like, you can hear the horns, like, I'm on the third floor in the building and all we can hear is the horns like i was talking with uh, ben smith and even uh, blair and barker like they're they're on their show now but uh, it, was, it was kind of funny because uh, everyone's like man what's going on outside like is it raining it's like yeah that's exactly what it is that's why everyone's honking as soon as the weather as soon as things hit the fan around here okay no pun intended but anyways as soon as, as, soon as things hit, hit the fan around here weather wise people all of a sudden just poof Magically well, forget how to drive. Well, no, no, they don't. They don't know how to drive. Regardless, it's just when it, when, the, when the weather gets worse, the worst driving gets somehow. It manages to get worse. Yeah, it just like translates to the driving and you know the steering wheel and the control of anyway. and the, and the person controlling the controller. But, all uh, all the fun stuff, but uh, nevertheless, we're here. It's what it's been. Th- what three weeks now since something like that since we last recorded an episode. I mean, would have been would have been the last week of May. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this was going to happen or not, to be honest, because, like, we've both been pretty busy. Uh, you know, we both have our internships. And uh, I, I just realized, too, that you asked me how it was going, and I completely just dodged the question and was like, yeah, I'm thankful my boss let me have this studio. Yeah, you literally pulled an NBA draft pick, thanking yeah. God immediately. Just, we're, just we're actually- to God. <laughs> like, I, I was literally going to say, I'm so sick of hearing somebody say, you know, thank you so much to this person. I don't want to hear that. Just, Fair enough. Fair you know, enough. Um, act like you've been here before. I, I mean, I've been here for a couple of weeks now. So yeah, I mean, um, where was I going with this? This is great. Oh yeah, um, NBA. So we're no, that's not where I was going. Yeah, where, were, where were you going? I don't know. What were we talking about? I just we, were talking about we, were, we were talking about, you know, I was saying you rejected my question. Yes. Of how are okay. you doing how, how it's going. That's right. Uh, it's going pretty good. I'm uh, doing a lot of radio editing, which is fine because Burley is my homie. Um, unlike this Adobe software that we're using right now, it's a pain in the butt. So moral of the story is, okay, Spencer came in at around 3.30. It is currently 4.04 um, on June 23rd. 2023 and uh it put it this way he came out at 3 30 and it took me about 15 almost 20 minutes to figure out how this setup works because uh while the gadgets are a little different compared to the other studios that i'm used to seeing since i've been here and i haven't used adobe audition since geez my days never. in huntsville yeah, no never. i actually use i've worked with adobe before like so i'm i'll have to play with it a little bit more but yeah it's not uh it's not fun Let's just put it that way. It's it's very, very tricky and 
figuring out how. Anyways, I'm not a fan of it. So, um, lineup today: Stanley Cup Final is over. The Vegas Golden Knights crown Stanley Cup champs. Stanley Cup champs. Um, some news on the Board of Governors meeting that happened in the National Hockey League. More specifically, Pride jerseys are a topic again. Well, especially jerseys in general. Jerseys in general, yeah. Raptors. The draft just happened yesterday, technically. The uh, uh, 22nd of June. Drafted Grady Dick. Out of Kansas. He was a Jayhawk. Yeah. And then the Blue Jays, they uh, they had a rough, rough road trip. Uh, Thankfully, they're back in Toronto tonight. Three-game stand against uh, the uh, Oakland Athletics, soon to be Las Vegas. Whatever's. Yeah, well, the, the whatever. It sounds like no, they're, they're going to keep their trademark. No, they're, they're, changing, they're got to change the name. They can't keep the name the Athletics, but we'll get yeah. to that later. And uh, Connor McGregor and Michael Chandler once again making headlines all for the wrong reasons once again. It well, sounds like Connor McGregor is ducking Chandler, but first... He's ducking everybody. Come on now. Spencer, i got a really good kicker story for you. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, you it's, really like kickers. It's amazing. I love kickers. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to keep it short, and then we'll, we'll get to the bigger stuff. Short and sweet. Short and sweet indeed. Um, did you know Elon Musk wants to fight Mark Zuckerberg? And it sounds like it's going to happen. By the way, for those of you who don't know this, Elon Musk is uh, the Tesla guy and the owner of Twitter. Officially. And, officially. And Mark Zuckerberg is the dude who invented Facebook. And the owner of Meta, which technically also owns Instagram. Yeah. So, so media moguls. Yeah, two rich people. Two billionaires. Two billionaires that run media companies. Very popular media companies want to fight the most popular media companies if you will yeah and it sounds like they accepted a fight in the cage i i want to know your thoughts on this because honestly i think this is just at first i was like nah, there's no way this is happening but then more tweets started coming out and then zuckerberg is like Dana Wade said something and yeah everybody's getting involved jake paul wants to promote the fight you know what out of everything that jake paul's done so far i'm okay with this well, I can tell you Dana White actually called both involved because I obviously, as everyone who heard the, I'm assuming, Twitter spat, no one believed that this was going to be an outcome. And then Dana White called both Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and said, hey, are you guys serious about this? And they said, yeah. So he's 100% serious that Dana White wants to promote this particular fight. And I will tell you right now, Al, if it is a cage fight between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, Elon Musk is going to get rinsed because Mark Zuckerberg is a jujitsu does do jujitsu? I believe might be a black really? belt. Yes, he like know actually trains jujitsu. That is so. If they fight in a cage, he's gonna get mauled. Game over. But if it is a boxing match, Musk might have a chance. Okay, might ha- might have a chance. I think it's hilarious. I think they're they're you know there's something there, and it sounds like they might end up doing it for charity too. So that'd be that'd be a plus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because they need more money, don't they? Sure. I yeah. Mean, yeah. They could. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, they're not, they're, they're not you. They don't but... need it. Actually, you know what's funny? Ah, never mind. We're not going to go into that. Uh, Stanley Cup final. Oh, I don't really want to spend much time. It's just, it's, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a joke. And it, I think what I do like, though, is at least when, like, big-time names on social media platforms, or in this case, the ones that run those social media platforms, you know, say they want to fight, at least they, like, back it up and actually make it happen. Like, that's the one yeah, thing. Yeah, unlike I'll... Conor McGregor, ironically, which uh, we'll get into later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get to him in an instant. I, I have a... It's actually annoying. Oh, no, it's, 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 getting, it's been getting ridiculous. Annoying. And, um, yeah, we'll talk about how he punched out a mascot, too, and that, that turned out really well for him afterwards. But, uh, so, Stanley Cup final. Stanley Cup final. Where do you want to go with this? Because it's funny. We're like, oh, 
I'm gonna host, meaning Spencer, and immediately Al takes over as he always it's does. It's weird how it works that way, but anyways, okay, go ahead, Spencer. I'm Wait, sorry. so you want me to start, or you want me to intro you? No, you don't intro me. Oh yeah, hey, let's. Here's Al. He's about to talk about hockey. Well, the thing he likes the most, other than beer, hockey. That's fair. The only, probably the only thing. You know but, what? That's a really good intro, Spencer. You're welcome. Yeah. So. Al, what did you make of the Stanley Cup final? Obviously, I'm not sure if you and I ended up picking between Florida and Vegas. I know I picked Florida no matter what. I had Vegas because, so, yeah. I you you picked, ended up picking the winner. Yeah. Did you see the final ending the way it did? Um, because Aiden Hill was the story of that series. Yeah, Marcheseau wins the consmite. Jonathan Marcheseau, who was on the original team from the uh, original part of the expansion drafts. Uh, it's part of the expansion draft. And then Marks don't get to hoist the cup as he's the captain. But Aiden's, uh, Aiden Hill was the factor in that series. He played out of his mind in that in this playoff run, especially in the final. And without him, who uh, without him or any one of those goalies cuz it seemed like no matter who they put in net, they got really good goaltending throughout this playoff. Which is crazy because I thought for sure that would be the downfall. I, I was like there's no way. Like it's your fourth string goaltender. Fifth. Cuz people are forgetting Marvin Lehner been hurt all year. So he's fifth. Okay, but he okay, but he hasn't played. Yeah, but he's still their first string goalie. I don't care. He wasn't. Where was he? He's not hurt. there. They've he used, was hurt. They used like everybody four. else. Leonard's name is actually not going on the cup. I'm pretty sure it isn't. You have to play a certain amount of games with a team in a regular season in order to win a cup. Paul Cotter played 55 games with the Vegas Golden Knights in the regular season. He's getting a ring. He's a cup champ. It's, his name's going on the cup. He contributed. Robin Leonard was nowhere to be found. Well, he probably had to sell it regardless because he's currently in bankruptcy. Jeez. Anyways, okay, whatever. Leonard was not there for me. If even if he is officially there, even if they do decide to put it, I don't care. All right. For me, it's Logan Thompson, Jonathan Quick, Laurent Brossois, and now Aiden Hill. And as soon as Brossois went down, in was it the conference finals? Yeah, it would have been. I need a refresher. It's been a while. I believe. I believe it would have been. It's been a while. Actually, it might have been earlier. It might have been in Edmonton. I think it was Edmonton, which would have been would have been the second round because they played Dallas yes. in the conference finals. Yes. Yes. Anyways. As soon as Brassois went down, I thought it was game over. We That's thought, it. I don't think anyone thought Brassois was going to be the answer. And then, no. he play, and then he played really well. Yeah. And then got hurt. So everyone's like, oh, well, then they're definitely done now. They're on their, they're on their fourth slash I thought fifth for sure. ring. And then Aiden Hill just comes out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, no, I can goaltend. Which, by the way, now the fact that he was like, he, he was in the conversation for the con smite. Um, this guy's going to get paid. And stupidly, I, I, it's very stupidly, and I feel bad for whoever signs this guy. No, because, I don't. Yes, I. Yes, you do. No, I don't. They're idiots. Regardless of what team it is, you're an idiot. Any, okay, no, but that, that any but that's team what I mean should by see I feel it. bad. Like I don't feel that, bad. I feel bad for the fan base. I feel bad for the ma- management who gives them too big of a contract. I don't feel bad for Peter Shirelli trading every good player he's ever had, plus giving out stupid contracts to old men. Fair enough. I, anyways, I don't think he'll be worth whatever the number is. Like unless it's like a small bridge deal, fine. But if you're gonna do like a five for five, you're crazy. Oh dear lord! Yeah, yeah, give him the someone, Jack Campbell. Someone would do that. Yeah, give him the dude, Jack Campbell, okay, please. Dude, they gave Jordan Bennington. Sorry, I'm going there. They gave him a six by six. And Bennington's better than J- Aiden Hill. It, more consistent sure but i mean and he at least had a good year he had a good half year plus the playoff run not just literally 13 games sure You're basing a contract off 13 games not bennington being great from january to to, to june yeah That's but, half then, a year. but then what happened i'm not i'm not i don't care about what he did before that did he technically earn that contract yes but has he played to those no absolutely not but he still could maybe bennington can but anyways aiden, aiden hill probably can aiden hill caught me out and no, caught 
everyone off guard. I thought for sure that was it. I'm like, listen, Brossois sold me. Like, he was playing good. I'm like, you know what? He's doing what he needs to do to keep Vegas in the game. I could see it working out. And then once I saw Aiden Hill, I was like, oh, that's, that's it. It's done. And it wasn't. And Aiden Hill put up a 934 save percentage, which is unbelievable. I never would have thought I'd put those two things in one sentence. Um, it was crazy. Good story. And I always say, you, the cup champs usually have a really good storyline. Aiden Hill, Jonathan Marcheseau were one of those. And you can maybe put like one C as Jack Eichel you know, in his first season, first playoff experience, first season with the Vegas Golden Knights, to clarify, after back surgery, which people were skeptical about, and Vegas was like, no. Not only that, the ownership group. How about that? You know, your first press conference. Yeah, we're going to make the playoffs in this amount of time, and then we're going to win the Cup in six years. (laughs) Like... Unreal. And I will say this. This has been a conversation that we've had throughout these studios here, throughout these through these walls. But if you look at the teams, some teams have a hard time making business decisions. Toronto Maple Leafs with Kyle Dubas. Which, by the way, did you read the quote that came out about that guy today? Wow. No, I, I didn't. What, he, what happened? <laughs> Put it this way. I'm going to paraphrase because I don't, I don't remember the exact quote. But he said... Oh, Dubas yeah, said. He, he said, Tron- yeah, Dubas said, Toronto was nice, but here feels like home. Referring to Pittsburgh. Good. This was today. Well, good. So I, I'm honestly not that mad anymore I, that he left because, I, like, clearly, like, he tried to play everybody and it didn't work. I mean, it worked in, the, you know, in terms that he, he's out and he bounced back. He's and now he's got president yeah. of hockey ops. Now. And now he's actually got control. Yeah. It worked out that way. But um, anyways, so back to the point. The Vegas Golden Knights have been treating their style of hockey and the way they work as a business since day one. They did not care who you were, didn't care what your name was, what your accolades were. You sucked. You were gone. And now look what happened. Cup champs in six years. They had a business plan from the get-go. They followed it. It worked out to a T. I'm still thinking there could be something that comes out in terms of uh, LTIR. Uh, manipulation in terms of Mark Stone. I don't buy the fact of that one bit that, you know, all of a sudden the playoffs are a week away, trade deadline's over, and hey, I can play again. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Every, seemed, every team does it, though. Every team does Which, it. yeah. And, and if they don't, they should. The, re- the reality is, it's a, it's a broken rule. But the reality is, it's a broken rule everyone knows. Everyone can play it. So at, they're the only team that can play this Joker card is ridiculous. Every single team in the NHL can do this. Every single team can have a guy like Shea Weber on the LTIR and gain like $9 million in salary cap. They could. Doesn't mean they want to. Doesn't mean they want to pay them the money, but you could. Yeah. So don't act like a team that manipulates the cap like that, like Tampa did, like Chicago did, you know, in their cup runs as of late within the last decade or so. Let's not act like other teams can't do this. They can. And most of them actively do. Like the Leafs tried. With Matt Murray, for example. And yeah, Matt Murray's actually hurt because he's a Band-Aid. But that's regardless of if you have the opportunity to put guys that have substantial amounts of cap on the LTIR, you should. You should. Because it makes sense. Logically, and you can say it's ridiculous and it shouldn't be a rule, but the reality is it is. So at least use it to your advantage. Because if everyone uses it, it's not broken. Mind you, I also wonder now, too, that you're saying that. Like, why I care so much about you know, whether they're held accountable for not or not, if they 
did or didn't manipulate the cap. And now the, the reason why I'm thinking that is because, I mean, at the end of the day, they won the cup. They're not getting it taken away. They're just going to get a huge fine, if anything. And oh, might, oh, lose a, might lose a draft pick, like a first-round pick. Oh. But it doesn't matter. They want a cup. They, do, they don't care. Yeah, they got the rings. Who cares? Yeah, I just thought of that now. You know what? I don't, I don't understand why I care so much about it. But honestly, uh, Game 5 did not see that coming. I, had, I knew Vegas was going to take care of business. I knew it. I knew. As soon as, as soon as Florida won that game, I was like, that's it. They're done. Vegas has the next two. They're going to win the cup in Vegas. Sure enough, that's what happens. But, man, I did not think they were going to get schlacked like that. They, the Vegas Golden Knights never they, took They were the, hurt. Like, and that's the sad part. Florida was sure. hurt. And they, they were, and I believe, I believe that. Like, I, I like think, Kachuk playing with a broken sternum. sternum. Yeah, that's crazy. Ekblad. Ekblad's been, been hurt. Like, he's, yeah. again, another guy. I love Aaron Ekblad. Got his, got his autograph when I was, like, 11 after he got drafted. He was, for some ungodly reason, he was an Owen Sound during their during Barry's preseason after he had been drafted. And I got a signed um, preseason ticket of Aaron Ekblad. And cool. I think I still have that somewhere. He did it in pen. It was hilarious. I and literally saw him saw him get up. Al, I ran. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him. I like I pinpointed him from like yeah, the yeah. beginning of the game. Nice. So he got up to go get like refreshment. So I literally jumped up in my seat and ran and met him halfway. So um also Sergey Bobrovsky out of juice. Well, yeah, well, I think which he, makes sense. I too. think he was tired, but at the same time, like everyone's like giving that card, like, oh, like he was tired. Give him a break. Like he played a lot of games, a lot of hockey, four overtimes, blah blah blah. Yeah, the overtimes were really. But I mean, you also looked at some of the goals that Vegas scored, and you're like, man, Vegas has you figured out. Like they were moving him post to post. The D had their heads up, their tails the entire, like tucked between their legs the entire time. Like Vegas was just fast, and they had an answer for every defensive, you know maneuver that florida tried and, to throw at him and maybe and that's where you got to think if that long layoff probably hurt them maybe that long layoff instead of healing them up it did the opposite uh, where all the guys feel a little bit worse right because when the adrenaline's pumping and you, know, you got games you know in a row i feel like they can kind of extend that feeling yeah. next to when you have like 10 days off and now i'm like i'm hurting every single day trying to play through it and i have no reason to right now because our opponent is to be determined a lot of people too were saying Jack Eichel for Consmite. I'm sorry. There was like nine or ten. He had names. a lot of points. He was leading his team in points. But at the same time, too, I'm like, a guy that deserves to win the Consmite is a guy that you know. Don't get me wrong. I noticed Jack Eichel. I knew he was there. But the two guys that stood out to me the most were Aiden Hill and Jonathan Marcheseau. It seemed like every time Marcheseau had the puck, he was scoring a goal. Marcheseau scored. I'm not sure if he 13. scored. Every, was it 13 games? 13. He tied Leon Dreisaitl's goal. Uh, oh no! I was thinking in a row. He scored oh, like ten games in a row. Oh yeah, he was. Like, he, he scored a goal and like when a time I checked, it was eight games in the in the cup final. He had eight games oh, yeah. in a row. He scored a goal. He, he didn't on, score a goal for the whole first round. No, he was on a he was on an absolute heater and he had been on an absolute heater. Yeah, and he kept going exactly. So for me, it was Jonathan Marcheseau. But like the more that like Aiden Hill, like the more he the more he I guess saves he made, which that's how it should be. I was just like, man, this guy. Without Aiden Hill and net, the Panthers had a legitimate shot. They did. I think the Panthers had a good chance. And I mean, they, what, what better opportunity than, hey, you got a fourth stringer in, in net. Sorry, fifth for Spencer. Light him up. And, they, and he, was just, he was like, no, man. He looked like a number one, which has never been seen out of that guy before. So I thought Aiden Hill should have won the consmite just because I don't think if he makes half of the saves he made, maybe even three quarters of those saves, because... The Panthers had a lot of quality chances, and, you know, he had to come in and play a, a solid amount of games. 
without him standing like a brick wall. Yeah. It's, no, not, ha- it's I, not happening. I personally was going to bet that he was going to win it, but... I, I'm okay with I, Jonathan Marchessault, though. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was on an absolute heater. Yeah. He literally had a goal in every single game from, like, the first game of the second round till the cup final. He yeah, was, I'm, I'm fine with it. He was, he was fantastic, especially in the latter half of that run. But... Yeah. Al, before we go on to, as we talked about this, the CBA meeting, I wanted to ask you one one more question. One before, big question. Before before we jump off. With Aiden Hill playing I so okay. well. Good. I thought I thought you were going to say, like, I'd have to do math or something. Well, no. I, I would never let you do math. No, Jesus, Al. We, 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 we'd waste the rest of the we podcast. We tried doing that uh, yesterday uh, on the show. Oh, God. Yeah, not me personally. I, I tapped out right away. But, oh, no duh. Uh, the crew, Justin Ailish and uh, our producer... And uh, board op tried to uh, solve something. Anyways, it took a while, and it just hurt my brain. I'm pretty sure, like, three brain cells crawled out of my brain. But uh, anyways, let's get to your the, question. The, the black smoke came out. Nothing was turning. Anyway, yeah. so my last question here for you before we go on to the CBA is, with Aiden Hill playing so well for Vegas, yep. do you believe that narrative that's come out now that everyone likes to push that goalies don't matter? You don't need to pay a goalie. Who, who's saying that? What do you mean? The vast majority. I feel like it's a majority thing. People really? saying you don't pay goalies. I've always said you need a goalie. You do. You look. Listen, I'll always refer to this too. Like till I'll take this to my grave until someone comes along that's either better or just like that goalie, and that's Carey Price. Look at the Montreal Canadiens, man. They don't do half of the stuff they've done in the last decade if it's not for that guy. So yeah, goalies do matter. Do I think Aiden Hill should get paid? No. He deserves a raise, but not like a five-year deal. Yeah. Let's not forget, he's he's either almost or he is 30 years old now. And, and even in spite of that, he was the fifth string goalie for yes. a reason. He was the fourth string goalie yes. for a reason. And at best, he's got maybe four, five maybe without injuries. Solid years left in, in the league until he ends and, up. And what are those? Like, he's yeah. been a career backup his entire I life. Know. Like, that, what are those? I don't know. I, I do think, can he run it back? Maybe. No. no. Can he replicate? That, that was lightning in a bottle. For That's sure. That's what that was. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he deserves to get paid a crazy ton of money. And I think, considering Vegas has been treating this like a business from the get-go, I don't think they will. If they decide to let him walk... I, there is a team dumb wonder, enough out yeah, there. I, Listen, I, I want to know what dumb dumb does it. I want to know what dumb dumb does it. Well, just don't throw him a five by five. Don't throw him a crazy, like a big, like, I don't think he should be making more than $15 million on his next contract. He shouldn't be make over what? Five years. That guy shouldn't make more than 3 million bucks. I would not offer him more than three. I'd aim for I'm just two being nice because I know there's point five. Let's be real. Some teams need to hit the cap floor in this league. Yeah. And they've got better goalies like, sure. like, like Vremelka. Yes. I know you're talking about Arizona. Poor Arizona catching more strays over here. Yeah, I mean. And the milk is better than I mean, hey, they just. Uh, Sorry. They, they, uh, they bought out Zach Cassian. And that guy's, that guy's a grinder. That guy's going back to Calgary right now. That guy's going to Edmonton. Well, okay, do you want to talk about Calgary? Have no. you been reading what's Let, going on? Let's not talk about that absolute dumpster fire of organization. We can leave them okay, to the coals. So we won't talk about them, but can I just go through a list real quick? I'd love for you to. Okay. Put it this way. Names that are. Likely not returning, and this is according to Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Mikhail Backlin, Tyler Toffoli. I was waiting for that one. I need one more. You need one more? Isn't there not one more? Is that four? 
I count of four. I think that's good then. Anyways, that's at least at least those guys that we know of aren't coming back. Don't want to come don't back. Don't want to come back. Tyler not- Toffoli has been granted. You know, he ha- has been sorry. The Flames have told teams, yes, he's available. Well, yeah, because all those guys said they don't want extensions. Yeah, which makes you go like what if you're Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger and Jacob Markstrom? What are you saying right now? If you're Markstrom, you're praying to God they don't cut you because like, how bad you play. If you're Huberto, you just signed an eight-year, $10 million deal. Exactly. He's making his money. Who cares? Sure, but you also signed because you're like, ah, I'm going to win at least a cup or two in that no, you're span. not. No, you're not. You could have. I don't know. Like, the, fa- the fact that... So, also, I just want to clarify. Noah Hannafin wants out because he wants to go back. He wants to go play in the States. Well, yeah, he's American. He's an American yeah, player. I know. So, that's that. Mikhail Backlund kind of surprised me. Elias Lindholm a little bit, but not really. I don't know if he'll go to a to Canadian market or not. I don't think he will. All I know is Habs fans are like, bring Tyler Toffoli back. No, thanks. That's just from a Leafs fan's perspective real quick. But uh, anyways, unreal dumpster fire in uh, in Calgary right now. It's crazy. Um, it's kind of sad I had them falling off. I didn't think they were going to fall off this not far. Not this way. Not Jesus. this way. And you know what? If you're Boston, though, Wow, uh, your team's supposed to be bad this upcoming season, or not as great as this one. Because it's going to fall apart, right? This summer. But now that you know this from Calgary, I'm sure. Guess what? Boston's an American team. I mean, I don't know if they get Noah Hannafin. They can't afford nobody. Exactly. That's the problem. They, I'd see, I could see Backlund. They can't. can't but then it, I also think it's stupid because I find like Backlund's almost like another Charlie Coyle. The, the problem is, is the they're Bruins on a cap. They yeah, have ten, they have, exactly. Like, they have like eight but million anyways, bucks I'm just to these guys. Like, I, I try. Sorry, I tried to be nice, I guess, towards your franchise. But uh, regardless, so yeah, so Calgary, uh, I send my thoughts and prayers. Do uh, better, to you. Do, do better, do better. And uh, shout out to uh, Shan Vergie. Yeah. I hope uh, I hope um, all is well with. Cr- uh, cry me a river, Shan. Cry me a river. I know okay. you can listen to this. But Spencer cry me river. doesn't care. All right, Spencer. Cry me a river. We're, are we talking about uh, the CBA now? Yeah, we might as well talk about the CBA. I do. Eventually, depending on how long we go here, I do want to hear about Brad Tree Living because we talked last time we were here. We talked about supposedly Brad Tree Living would be the GM of the Leafs. Yeah, he's he is me. now officially the, the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and as you mentioned, Kyle Dubas is now in Pittsburgh. Yeah, as we also speculated, he'd probably go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I would. I almost, that was a rumor before he even like came out and was like, "Oh, Toronto's the only place I want to." Well, yeah, be well, with yeah. Her, yeah. Once he left Toronto, especially with the way him and Shanahan had an ugly divorce, yeah. he kind of knew he was going. Oh, to that Pittsburgh. whole thing was nasty. Like, but, like he was going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. the moment that stuff happened. Um, but yeah, Brad Tree Living scares me. A good way or a bad way? In in a bad way, because like, if you look at his track record, keeping guys in, like within the franchise, is not his strengths as of late. The only thing I have good to say is I do have a good feeling that. Austin Matthews is going to sign an extension before the season starts. Um, it sounds like five years another is the bridge number deal. again. Another, another bridge. bridge deal, which, I mean, I get. Like, why not bet on yourself? What do you mean, bet on yourself? It's more like if the Leafs suck, well, I can leave. Think, no, but if you think about it, though, he, he's also losing money if he takes an eight-year deal because he could go off and be better than he was this year. Like, he can go back to the Rocket Richard numbers and, you know, being the league-leading scorer again but already have been locked up for X amount of dollars. And you know what I mean? So like, it would make sense for him to take a bridge deal. And I'm, I'm only saying this, I wouldn't have said this in the past, but I'm, I've been hearing so much sports talk here with the internship and so many insiders. Like I've heard Elliot Friedman. I've heard Jeff Merrick. I've heard Frank Saravalli. All of those guys are like, ah, it makes sense if he 
signs another bridge. I don't want him to, but if he does, it makes sense. I understand the argument behind it. Um, but yeah, tree living just, it, I don't know. I'm waiting. I need him to do something. And it sounds the last thing I read on the Leafs so far is that they're trying to move that number or that 28th overall pick in the first round. Uh, because it says, quote, they need, they want immediate help. Okay, great. But your prospect pool is also kind of crap, which an old friend from CSM pointed out that it's actually quite good, but I don't think another prospect would hurt. And if he does end up being good, then you can move a piece because you know what you have. Right now, you just got to pick. It's worth, you know, who, it's just a late round, a late first rounder. It could be good, could be bad. You don't know. There's not a lot of certainty. So I don't see what the Leafs can get out of that. But I also just don't, it's hard because their cap is awful. So you don't really know what, like, what can you get? Thank goodness Bra- Brandon Pridham is still within the organization for now. Cap genius. Yeah, Kyle Dubas just took Jason Spezza with him. Well, Spezza left the day of. Yeah, so. Shane Doan is with Bradtree Living now. I like that. I will say this. That's also why I like that, because Shane Doan, Austin Matthews grew, grew up idolizing him. Like, that makes a difference. It makes a hell of a difference, Spencer. Hell of a difference because now you have someone, it's like another friend. First, you had Kyle Dubas who built a bond, but Shane Doan and Austin Matthews already know each other. They, they already, they've been talking since before even Shane Doan even got to Toronto, probably. Matthew Nyes, another Arizona guy, right? So I like that, but I think Tree Living kind of scares me a little bit just because of what he left in Calgary. I mean, look, everyone's leaving now. <laughs> I mean, everyone's leaving. The whole Sheldon Keith thing. They, they're keeping him. They're extending him, which it's only a matter of time. Yeah, he they, went from he went from I'm going to get fired to I'm getting extended yeah, in two appara- weeks. And apparently it's a three year deal. Hasn't been confirmed, but you might as well put pen to paper any day now, which also bothers me because I feel like if the Leafs have a rough first 15, 20 games of the season, bye bye. And then what? And then what? So I'm waiting. I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's learned from his previous mistakes. But until the draft or until there's something that happens in free agency, until we see who comes back and who goes, I, I swear if Justin Hall and Kerf, uh, sorry, if ju- yeah, if Justin Hall, Alex Kerfoot are still back or, or sorry, are still on the team come this season, I'm going to be mad. Michael Bunting. I have like mixed emotions. He can stay. He can go. I don't think I'll care that much. Cause there's a lot of grinders that you could find out there. You don't even have to draft them anymore. They just, fall into your lap sometimes because let's be real i don't think anybody knew who michael bunting was until kyle dubas brought him over because to say marie baby yeah th- i'm glad that narrative's dead too really glad that narrative's so, dead so far so far yeah but anyways uh that's that's my take on on brad tree living very passionate take on brad tree living might i add man could have been hotter than that but whatever yeah we get it now you could have put sriracha on it I oh yeah i could have spiced things up yes yes you could have Big lazy. Listening to uh, the outrage on whatever platform you're listening to right now. Well, and I do want to mention you sort of flexing with your insiders. I'm gonna start flexing with my insiders, All like right, let's Chris hear it. Johnson, like Darren Dreger, you guys like have seven. Michael, like Michael. I think I believe Michael Johnson, who actually ironically had an argument with uh, Hayes on on Overdrive about um, about this exact topic, and Hayes had the had the point of why is it him. Why is every other superstar like like Nathan McKinnon saying eight year con well, eight year deals? Why is every other superstar doing it, but he's not? Why is Austin Matthews the guy? Why is it why is it him? Why can't he sign an eight year deal like everybody else? Why can't he follow suit? 
Yeah. Uh, and I mean, well, Which I think is a fair point. Well, you can say he's well, leaving yeah. money on the table, but the re- reality is McDavid signed an eight year deal. Drysdale signed an eight year deal. Pasternak signed an eight year deal. McKinnon signed an eight year deal. Yeah. Like all the other superstars are signing eight year deals. But they've also won. That's the thing. Like, listen, I get not all I, of them. I believe Austin Matthews when he says he wants to be a Leaf. I believe it. But I also believe that when he's saying that, he's like, but I don't know how much more I can take of this crap. But listen, he's not an idiot. He knows if he stays, he needs one big contract. And to be productive, uh, you know, if he signs an eight-year deal, if he's got six out of the eight, his number is going up to the rafters. Now you got to win some. You got to win some. I don't think so. Yeah, you got to win some. Did Matt Sundin win anything? Yeah, but that was different. That team was garbage. If Matthew stays for three years with a bad hockey team, then they will. But, I mean, who knows? Right now, it looks like every Toronto team is kind of like, what the hell? Well, and and we can talk about it. Do you want to talk about the CBA? Like, Well, we, we might as well talk about it because I do think it's interesting. that the And we talked about actually about it in the control room at TSM, by the way, with me and producer Chris, 20 fingers. Um, we were talking about how the NHL, if you didn't know, in their, in their newest meeting, is now discontinuing specialty warm-ups. All of them. Jerseys. They stopped all of the specialty warm-up jerseys. Yeah. So that means that we know pride jerseys. Wink, no, wink, wink, wink. No military jerseys. No cancer jerseys. No anything. It'll just be regular warm-ups yep. all year long. Yep. Now, Al, I'm going to tell you what me and Chris said, which was it was a cop-out. What did you make of the announcement? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go pull up my tweet for this because of course. it's got to be real. Social man. media mogul. You're going to make Elon Musk want to fight you next. Listen, since I Elon uh, Musk going to want you. I mean, no, he won't. He won't. Cause I haven't been mentioning what plot. Oh yeah. I just said, yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay. Maybe you're da, right. da. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You know, what? everybody has those moments. I gotta you, have, find you, it. you have a lot of them. It's been a while there. It's been a while since I, since I did it. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. There you go. That's me. Good. Good soundtrack there. There you go, right here. This is my thought on that announcement. The NHL just took a fat shit on the whole hockey is for everyone line. Gotta be honest here, happy he's editing this one. Happy Alex. And by the way, what a time to make that announcement. During Pride Pride Month. Month. (laughs) What a freaking time. (laughs) I actually just thought about that. And all this for what? A handful of players who can't put others before themselves for one freaking night. Oh, wait. Scratch that. 15 minutes? Give me a break. You didn't enjoy it, Al? You didn't like the announcement? No. Because he gave in for what? A hand, Like I said, a handful of players? By the way, how fitting is it that Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl lose in the Stanley Cup Finals in, on Pride Month? Mm. How fitting. They weren't the only ones, though. They weren't the only ones. Nope. Ivan Provorov's another one, who, by the way, is now a Colum- Los Angeles. No, Columbus, Columbus Blue, Blue Jacket. Columbus Blue Jacket. There was a, it was a three-way deal, though. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's ridiculous because hockey is for everyone. Sports is for everyone. Just love your be, be what who and what you want to be. I don't care. I'll you're still a person, regardless. Sadly. There you go. Your, I got you to laugh. <laughs> that's your opinion. But, um, 
No, like, so the thing is that throws me off. Oh, no, teams can still have specialty nights. There just won't be any jerseys. I mean, for me, what's the point? For me, I think the jerseys is like the bow. Well, it, it's the auction normally. Don't that too, and it goes towards charity the, and, yeah. all, and all that. Like, it's, I think it's ridiculous. But, you know, to paraphrase what Gary Bettman said, the NHL commissioner, Uh-oh. it was a distraction. Well, yeah, of it course became it a distraction. It took away from the game. Listen, if you can't put certain social issues ahead of a hockey game, which, by the way, the social issue, if you think about it, that we're talking about that's in question is a freaking hockey jersey. Literally, yeah. A colorful hockey jersey. Yeah, a rainbow. My goodness. A rainbow hockey jersey. If I jersey. handed you a tie-dye jersey, which has similar colors to the pride flag, you probably would wear it because it's it a probably, tie-dye jersey. And it probably looks sick. Yeah. Because, like, let's be honest. We're, they were actually showing it on CP24 that we have in the, we have up in the studio. Yep. And one of the jerseys they show was the LA one where it's purple with the logo being rainbow. Yep. That jersey looks sick. I know. I buy that jersey. Cool. I don't even like LA. That's a sick That's a sick jersey. So I hope out of all of this that I hope that players request to have jersey. I hope franchises make jersey. I think I hope they stand up to Gary Bettman and go, yeah, you know what? We're going to do it. We'll take the fine. and Or whatever, yeah. I hope it makes... I want others to look bad because, listen, it's 2023. This isn't new. This is something that's been talked about for years. M- more than that, well, probably we're well over a decade now for sure. For sure. And the fact that it still seems like new to some people or like the fact that it's making noise now, it's ridiculous. It definitely is. Why is it a problem now? Why? Like, it's, I'll say the pride jerseys have been a thing. Do I think sometimes it might be forced, you know, on others? Listen, even if they do think, if people do think it's forced, no one's forcing anything. They're just doing it. You're just seeing it more often. It's not being forced. It's just people are getting with the times. People are woke. People are getting woke. Quote, unquote. Right? It's just people going, you know what? Yeah, we're pretty selfish. Like that. Listen, I get get to love whoever I want. I get to go around and identify as what I want to identify as. No questions asked. So why can't others? Right? And and again, like you said, why is it a problem now? Because Ivan Provorov didn't want to wear a freaking jersey. It's a jersey. 15 minutes, and it's for a good cause. And like I said, we talked about this on another episode. If you're not going to wear it, fine. But you have to pay a fine. 5K to a charity. To the charity, yeah. Not of your choice, because clearly you're not going to pick the right one. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going back to the church. It's going, yeah, sure. That's that's pretty good. But... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh so much. Um, that was probably that's, yeah, that's all but, the reasons yeah, usually. It, normally, it should go to whatever charity is associated with the National Hockey League that supports the LGBTQ pl- uh, two plus or, community. Or would it, like our, my joke, our joke at at home with my roommate Jalen 
um, was that when, when all this stuff came out, it was like, oh, great. So we're going to hear people say that cancer is just not real. They don't want to wear the cancer jersey for whatever reason. Or it right? could be something like that. Or like, like oh, the military jersey. Like, no, the military yeah. jersey. I don't support the military. I'm Muslim, so I don't want to do it. Like Muhammad Ali, who got put in prison and lost years of boxing because of not wanting to go to Vietnam. Yeah. Like that actually happened. That was a thing. Yep. So imagine an athlete decided to say, you know what, I'm not wearing that jersey. I don't believe in that. Whatever war it happens to be. I don't care military not, not wearing it. And I just have like my, I don't know about you, but I, for me, I have like my mom's voice of reason in my head in terms of like, when I was a kid, my mom would be like, hey, stop for a second. Say what you just said out loud one more time. Like, listen to what you just said. And then eventually after a few more times that you say it, you come to realize that you sound stupid. Well, you should do that more often. Sure. <laughs> Probably, Probably, maybe. Yeah. I, I think I've gotten better at filtering stuff. Um, but anyways, my point is, imagine going to someone saying, you know, I don't support this or it's against my religion, so I'm not wearing it. Well, is it for the whole game? No, it's just for 15 minutes. Yeah, it's just pregame. The, There's half the fans the, are there. The are you kidding me look that I would have on my face if someone told me that. I would probably walk away and be like, yeah, just don't talk to me again. 15 minutes of your time. Anyways, we're, it's, we're, we've, I think we've gotten our point across. I think it's ridiculous. I can't believe Bettman rolled over for that. And I really hope that other teams uh, within, within the National Hockey League, if they can, and you know, we'll see if they do. I, I bet you there's going to be at least a couple teams that will be like, yeah, guess what? We're wearing the jerseys. I don't care what you say. And I'd like to see what the consequences of that will be. And if it's not that big of a fine or whatever, keep doing it. And, I'll, and I think I'll end with this before we go on to the Raptors with their most recent draft pick. If it doesn't affect you, why do you care? Whatever it is, period. If it's somebody else's sexuality, if it's somebody else's quote-unquote rights, doesn't matter. It does not matter. So let's just let people be, period. Let people be. Yep. Love who you want to love. Be who you want to be. Be what you want to be. And just be happy. And that's all I wish is I wish nothing but happiness for everybody out there. And I think it's bullcrap that um, I think a lot of people have been let down by this announcement. Definitely. Even I've been let down in terms of like, I thought society was getting better, but this is definitely like one of those where you took a step forward and you took like five back. But anyways. Well, I was going to say with you're saying, don't worry, be happy. I was going to call you Bob Marley, but regardless. Now going on to (laughs) the Toronto Raptors with the 13th overall pick, Graf Grady Dick. Grady Dick! All the dick jokes I assume were made on uh, the fan 590s, well as they were on TSN 1050. We made, there was quite a few jokes. The Raptors made a dick pick. Yep. Yep. I'm not blurring it out because that's his last name. Yep, and uh, apparently on TSN they put uh, Big, and then it was Grady, Grady Dick, Energy. So yeah, that's that, awesome. That, that happened. That's so, legendary. Yeah, that, that would be a thing here in Toronto as Grady Dick will ingratiate himself with the Toronto media. It's funny too, eh? Like, I, I was saying this when I walked in this morning. Uh, it's funny how Toronto teams just become a meme, right? And I also tweeted out today. I want to make that clear. Of course you did. The Toronto Blue Jays had R.A. Dickey. And now the Raptors got Grady Dick. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They're always waiting for the Leafs. The Leafs got to do it. Leafs got to draft Oliver Bonk. That'd be funny. Even though he played for that ugly team you got in your shirt, by the way, which is London Knights. Anyway. Kobe Barlow projected to go to number nine. 
to the Detroit Red Wings. Would you be happy with that? That'd be, a, that'd that'd be, a, great, that'd be great for him. Eh? I'd love to see him go to Steve. Alex DeBrincat also apparently on the move over there. Yep. Um, anyways, enough hockey. Um, so, Al, do you have any analysis on the Grady Dick pick to... <laughs> yes. I love just what you said. Anyways, it's fine. Yes. Uh, do I have any analysis? No, I mean, from what I from what I heard and from what I've seen uh, from the two college games that I've watched, yes, I ended up watching a few. Oh, my God. The, you watch college during, ball? During March Madness, yeah. You, you, mean, you mean the kid who begged you to watch a college game and you said, absolutely not? And you finally did, eh? Yeah. I'm really happy well, to hear that. you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta get cultured. And it was my time. Yeah, I can only dream. Anyways, uh, it sounds like he's a great shooter. He's got height 6'8". That's crazy. That's pretty good. I hear his defensive game needs a bit of work. But, I mean... He's got the length. I do think, though, like, Toronto... This is a smart get for Toronto because if... Let's be real here. Let's look at Toronto's shooting in the last couple of seasons. <laughs> Awful. And from what I mean... This guy shot 54%. 40 from three. Yeah. So forty from three, like this is that. Those are really good numbers. Most threes made by our freshman at Kansas, eighty-three three pointers made. Um, he also was a half decent rebounder. He averaged, uh, yeah, like eight rebounds a night at Kansas. Um, he was his Gatorade All American of the year in his recruitment year coming into Kansas, and he was the thirteenth ranked kid in his class. Which means not only was he the best player overall in high school that year, he outbeat guys who were higher than him in the in the ESPN top 100 which is the high school recruiting class yeah and um he had a good year with kansas and bill self um and he was the first jayhawk off the board and i think i did personally would not have gone with that pick i felt like they needed a point guard a guy who could initiate offense but grady does fit a need which was shooting they were 28th in three pointers made they were 28th in three point percentage they needed to get some shooting and grady's got that in spades and apparently as bobby webster said um, to the media after the fact, after they drafted Grady, he said that we had Grady in a, in a league of his own when it came to shooting. So obviously, when that guy falls to you at 13, falls relative. You, you'd have to kind of take him. You, you've decided at that point, we're going to have to take him yeah. if he's the guy on the board for us. And it makes sense, too, saying that you need a point guard because, listen, Fred Van Vliet. The ops out, probably gone. I think so. I don't think he's signing for more money in Toronto. I mean, and also... I mean, listen, I've said, I think all I could say about Grady Dick, I haven't really studied, uh, you know, most of his tapes. Um, but from what I've heard in the last few days, it sounds like a really good acquisition. And again, like you said, if if you're in a league of your own for shooting, if it falls for you at 13, you know, doesn't get much better than that for the Toronto Raptors. And again, the and, Raptors. And you'll hear our, uh, my and Cage's analysis on yeah. uh, Polar Opposites on Friday. Yeah, which or is, ne- a, new, next Wednesday, which next is Wednesday, a, pardon me. a new series that drops on uh, the Outrage Incorporated. Yep, Inc. Outrage Inc. The brand keeps on growing. That's the goal. That's amazing. I love it. Um, yeah, so I don't. The, the thing is, I the Raptors trying to run it back. It's a bad idea. Awful. Bad idea. Awful. But they did get Trent Jr. back. He opted like in, and he will, is looking for an extension. So that, that makes you wonder. Nick Nurse was the problem, obviously. He, he well, requested according a trade. according to Gary Trent Sr., that was the case. Yeah. That Nick Nurse was the issue. And it's it's true, too. Look at Marco Ryakovich here that's coming in. He's a development guy. Perfect. Yeah. You're going to develop Grady Dick. Scotty Barnes' game is going to grow. Hopefully. By the way, Gary Trent uh, Jr. Young. Only 24. Yeah, he's a young guy. He, lots of growing, lots of growth, you know, lots of room for growth. Lots of strides. Yeah. And, I mean... Even Pirtle's relatively young. He's not old. He's Pirtle, not necessarily young. Pirtle's but, also a weird one because it's... He's also on eh, on the bubble. And I think the only... Re- this is my theory, too, the more I, t- I hear the talk about it. I wonder if Pirtle 
is more likely to stay now that the Raptors have said we're running it back? Mm. Because Pirtle doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, but now they're like, oh, we're running it back. Okay, I'll come back then. Right? So, and Siakam's also young. Let's not forget. I think, I really like the the Ryakovich move here. I think it is, you know, I think these guys can become a championship team with a few tweaks down the road. Not now. Honestly, I think the Raptors' jump is going to be who they replace Fred Van Vliet with. And more importantly, the guys they've drafted in the past couple of seasons who haven't really developed, like Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn's like, been, Like yeah. Delano Banton. Like I'm Chris okay Boucher, with ben- in fairness. I, I try- but if they all take a step forward, but here's and, the, problem the bench too. gets that much better. Because yeah. the bench has been a problem for the Raptors the last three years. Well, so if the bench gets better under Darko in one summer, then that's a massive improvement for the well, Raptors. Well, they also hardly played. Well, that's the point, though. Right? And that's why you that's why you could say Nick Nurse was the problem. Yeah. Because I heard this today. I forget who, who was on that said it, but I think it was Michael Grange. He said, you know, they, um, come on. Why does this always happen to me? Jeez. Oh, you know, the, the bench guys had one bad game. You wouldn't see them for another two weeks. Yeah. And then... How do you want to grow? How do you want to get their game to be better if they're not getting any playing time? Consistent. Like, I remember there were nights where Van Vliet and Siakam, I think, played over 40. 48 minutes. That's insane. And it was like, it wasn't uh, on the odd night. That's a whole night. game, yeah. It wasn't on the odd night. Like, there were times where, like, this was like once or twice a week yeah. kind of thing. Like, and it was like, what are you doing? So, yeah, I, I do think Nick Nurse was the problem. Uh, he's with Philly now, which is weird. Uh, now Van Vliet has ties to Philadelphia as well and potential as, as a potential destination. And listen, if you opted out, I'm like, don't even come and try to ask me for a deal. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting a raise. You're opting out. Like I, we, they gave you that price because that's where you thought you fit. I'm sorry, Freddie. If you think you're worth more than that to other teams, you might be, you could be worth 30 mil plus a year. You could be just not with the Raptors. You're not. They also can't really afford it. You're not that guy. Your chance to prove that you were that guy was the last two years, and you did nothing. Well, he had a good till the All-Star break. Then he got hurt after the All-Star break, and it kind of fell off after that. Sure. And then this year was a bad year. I'm I'm tired of making excuses. He wasn't him. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, fine. Injuries happen. I understand. It's the nature of the sport. Fine. But still, you had your chance. You You didn't bet on yourself this time. You took your bet on yourself contract which is what you're still worth, in my opinion, considering all your injuries. So you want to get paid? Fine, go to another team. But you're not getting paid with the Toronto Raptors. You're not. Sorry. And I'll be surprised if the Ra- the Raptors even come close to sniffing a playoff spot this year. Maybe the play-in. Which, honestly, again, it's a good thing. The lower you are, the better chance you've got of getting a higher draft pick, which means you can get a game-changer in or the draft. Or if you're really close, you deal. And try to get better. And try to get better right instantly. But we'll see. I uh, I really like... I don't know what direction they're heading into. It seems like development uh, and hoping uh, that it's not as bad of a product as it seems to be on paper. And that is like seem to hedge. And hedging normally goes very badly. Normally goes very badly. But Masai Ujiri, in, in fairness, has gotten a level of security. For better or for worse. With this draft pick. So we'll see. No, just in general. With the really? championship, he's been here... Basically, I'll I mean, say since, like since since ground zero with this particular. But let's not forget group. though, he said, you know, he did say again. I'm going to paraphrase. I don't have the quote, but he did say, well, once the finals are done, a lot of teams want to make changes. A lot of teams want to make moves. 
And, you know, we're hoping to do more in free agent season, which is coming up. Yeah, but yeah, reports will also come out how hard the Raptors are to deal with. Yeah, there's which, also there's also that which so which makes sense. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. They got a they got a tough road ahead, but I'm definitely not even a Raptors fan, but like as a basketball watcher, uh, and from what I've heard in the last few days, I'm a lot more comfortable with where this team might be heading compared to before uh, the draft by uh, drafting uh, the homeboy Greedy Dick. Anyways, the Kansas Jayhawk now on to another Toronto team who has seemingly struggled. They've won the last two, but before that, they went on a, I believe, hefty losing streak. The Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, yes. Started a three-game homestand against the amazing Oakland Athletics. They've gotten better. Which one? The Oakland Athletics. Oh, yeah, when they won, what, seven in a row, and all of a sudden they've gone back on losing five in a row or something? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. They, they're still bad, but they're... They're a bottom-feeding franchise, and they're going to continue to be that way until they move. They're still a pulse. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, a pulse to go to <laughs> Vegas, but regardless. Um, uh, uh, what have you made? Obviously, you're with the right, rights holder, so you happen to have a real inside scoop on the, Toronto, on the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. What have you seen of this team lately? Do you have confidence in this particular team? Because it always seems like they win three or four, they lose four or five, they win a couple, they lose a couple in a row. It doesn't seemingly have, they have a consistency. They seem to be consistently inconsistent. Yeah, it's it's not good. I don't like what I'm seeing at all. Listen, the their best players so far, which is weird to say because it didn't seem like it was going to be that way at the beginning of the year, but Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios are two of their better players right now so far for for that team, for that roster. And the thing is too like what's good for the Blue Jays is that it's always one or the other. It's not both at the same time in terms that their pitching's bad, but the bats are there. Or their bats aren't there, but the pitching is there, and then they somehow just squeak a win out once in a while. I think mm-hmm. that's how. But if I look at the Miami series and uh, they took on the Marlins, you know, getting that split or that series win, um, it was ugly. Like, and the thing is too, I think the Jays. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, Kevin Gosman, you know, hundred pitches, six plus innings, good start." I'm like, ah, you look at three or five fly balls that were hit to Whit Merrifield and left. If that's any other ballpark or at least Rogers Center. Those are clearing the fence, not by a lot, but they're hopping the fence. Like there's a few balls that were hit in that ballpark in that game. And I'm like, man, if that's any other ballpark, that might be gone over the fence. So everyone's like, oh, Gosman, good outing. I'm like, no, you're forgetting how big that ballpark is. So um, in terms of pitching, I think the Jays are still in a good spot. I, what, I'm what i tired of hearing the whole, oh, four-man rotation. Oh, well, they got a bullpen day here and there, blah, 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 blah. Like we get it. You're Alec Manoa is in Dunedin. He's working on himself, you know, trying to find his game back. And, you know, and that's the other thing, too. People are like, oh, he might be back Canada Day weekend. Do not bring him back for that game. Do not bring him back. He will. It's he's not ready. It's too big of a test. It's a big thing. It's going to be a sold out crowd. So don't don't do that. As for the bats, you look at, you know, the Jays. Oh, they had a five run second inning in that series winning game against the Miami Marlins. Okay, let's look where those balls were hit, shall we? Because three out of those five runs that were scored, the ball barely barely left the infield. They were like blue. They weren't. I don't even want to call them bloops. They weren't. They just to say hit the right spot in the gap where the shortstop or third baseman couldn't get to it, and it got by, or it would get it would split the first. Um, sorry, short and second. 
Like, it would just to say goodbye, you look like if they do, they make a dive for it, they might block it and actually have a chance to make a play. So I think right now, though, the Jays to an... At first, it was John Schneider making poor decisions with the pitching change and, like, who's in the lineup. The worst part is, this is embarrassing, too. The fact that Brandon Belt is considered your team MVP, self-proclaimed, mind you, is embarrassing. And the fact that Brandon Belt comes back into the lineup off the 10-day IL and you're going, thank goodness he's back, that's awful. That's a problem. Like, that says all you need to know about the Blue Jays' season right now. It's garbage. Absolute garbage. And there's one guy that called it from the get-go before the season even started. His name is Josh Morano. He knew. He said it. I remember the conversation. He said the J- whole, the Jays aren't going to be that good. I go, well, what, you know, you doubt it, but look, the, the thing is, Spencer. The thing is. Their approach at the plate, they don't know what they're doing anymore. Like, you look at when Sandy Alcantara was on the, at the, on the mound oh, the other day for, for the Marlins. They didn't have an approach. They were just swinging. They were just swinging. And it just so happened they made contact, poor contact. But it's awful. They're, they're, they're talking. You hear John Schneider talk about, oh, well, they have a good, you know, it was a good team approach when they're going up at the plate. You do realize that all your runs came in the second inning and then you did nothing. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be an all-star. Has not hit a home run at home. Has not hit a home run in the new Archer Center, I don't believe. No. He still hasn't. He still sits at nine. Hasn't hit a home run this month. Come on, man. What are we? The worst part is the, the, the fan base is calling for change. They want something to be done. Why are you voting them to the All Star game, guys? What are you doing? Clearly, the message isn't going to get through to them. So, what's the second best way to get the message? Do you want them to hear you? Stop voting. What do you want? Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. sent home? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does not deserve to be an All Star this year. I am well, sorry. The fact that he's leading. But who would you want to trade it then? I don't care. Find someone else. Find another first baseman in the league. That's good. Come on, dude. There's better than Come Vladdy on. out there right now. Come on. You, Vladdy's okay. a top five first baseman in baseball. You do not okay. trade Vladimir oh, do, Jr., dog. No, I'm not saying trade him. Like, dear Lord. No, no I'm not saying trade him. I'm just saying don't. he's not a fucking all-star. Well, who cares about the all-star game? Nobody watches it. Those the games are jokes. But it's the fact that he's an all-star. You got a guy with nine dingers and 42 ribbies going to an all-star game. Are you kidding me right now? There's a reason why. But it's messed up because the fans are calling for Vladdy's head, and yet they're voting him in. Yeah. The only blue, the only blue Jays, there's three of them. The third one's kind of an eh, because I think he deserves it. Okay. In terms of like where his game has come. You might already know who I'm talking about. Bo Bichette. Should be an all-star. Kevin Gosman should be an all-star. I think he should be in the Cy Young conversation. And the third? Whit Merrifield. I love Whit Merrifield, so you know what? I, I can get behind that. I, lo- I love he, that guy. He's been great. He, he's been better than, he was better than last season. He's improving. He's one of the better bats in the lineup, which is, again, says all you need to freaking know about how the Jays are doing right he, now. He's a great contact hitter. He's a great contact hitter. Yeah. So I'm going to end this rant on, at this point. I don't think the Jays are bad, but I do think they're not. I don't think they're good. I do think that people need to stop the whole narrative of John Schneider, this lineup, John Schneider, that. No, 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 no. Who builds this team? Who runs this team? Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. You're watching the same thing we are watching. Mm -hmm. 
listen, I don't need to be a baseball expert to know that it could be better. And there are ways to make this team better before the all-star break. Yeah. And before the trade deadline, do something, do something. And this was my last point. They need screw the approach. Screw like screw looking for a pitch. You're going up to bat to make contact, hit the ball past the infield. You're, you, they don't even know how to play small ball anymore. They don't. They don't. They can't hit for power. They can't hit for. They can't try to hit a home run because they can barely hit for power. They can't even play small ball anymore. Learn how to play small ball again. They kind of did in that in that series winner against the Marlins. They did. They put guys on base. They brought them in without hitting hitting a home run, except for Matt Chapman's that six run. Chapman sent it over the wall. He was the best player that game. But screw the approach. Don't even think. Don't look for a pitch. Don't look for a curve. Don't look for nothing. You see the ball. It's in the strike zone. Swing. If it's low, down and away, leave it. If it's too, if it's high and in, leave it. Take those risky borderline calls. Half the time, they'll probably go your way anyways. It depends what kind of umpire you get. Angel Hernandez. Sure, don't, except that guy. That, anyways, that that's it. You just go to hit the ball. Look for a strike. If you're going to look for anything, look for something that's in the strike zone. But even Vladdy, you can tell at first he was talking to himself to try to hype himself up. Now it's like, dude, now you're talking to yourself because you don't know what else to do. You have no clue what you're doing. And again, I'm not a major leaguer. I've never, I'll never be a major leaguer. I've, I've only played men's league baseball, but I've, I've also, I also believe that I've played enough and I've watched enough baseball and I've heard enough takes and analysis on the game. I've studied the game. I wanted to become a guy that knew a bit, a bit, a bit of baseball. And I think that the Jays are thinking too much at the plate and they need to just simplify it even more. More than just try to make contact, try to do this, try to do that. Just, if it's a strike, swing. Fix your eye. Fix your eye. But it's it's ugly right now. And if they lose one game to this Oakland team, holy shit. I hope they lose the series just to see you explode. I don't, I mean, to be honest, I don't really care. It doesn't change anything in my life. I, I, I have no... The worst part is too. <laughs> uh oh, dude, they're only a game out of the wild card spot. Yeah, but it feels like they've. It feels like they're the Oakland A's right now, where they've lost fifty plus games already this season. Well, that's because you're in the AL East. But anyways, but okay, <laughs> no, I was. I see. I was done talking. That's the thing. They lose to Whoops. AL East teams, but they also can't beat teams outside of their division. Dude, they barely beat the Minnesota Twins. I mean, they have a winning record against every other division except for the AL East. What, if, fair, but like, it's still, they're still not pretty. Okay, now there's going to be that guy. Oh, a win's a win. Win is a win. But. Yeah, look at the same on the scoreboard. The, the Jays are supposed to be what the Baltimore Orioles are right now. And you know what's funny? You and I predicted that. You and I said how good we, if that team has a good start, how good are they going to be? Because they're going to get better as the season goes on with yeah. all those young guys. And, and Gunnar Henderson showing up. Yeah. And Adley Rutschman showing up. And they're, they're improving. Yep. And they're already good. Yeah, no, it's we we called it, and we knew the Orioles weren't gonna take a step off because guess what? It's the Orioles, and they, they're and so, they're young. So. Someone's got to cause the Jays some problems. Like, so I mean, I think there's time to salvage this season. I think I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. But if you're a fan, I think you have it's the right. It's getting closer though. That's the problem with baseball. Is all, you have the right to be mad. You start off like, oh, there's so many games, and then you get close to the All-Star breaking. Like, okay, let's start turning something around here. Or well, so, that's the thing, yeah. dude. The All-Star, 
All-Star break's like four weeks away. Yeah, the draft's coming up. So, like, like TikTok. Yeah, they, that's the problem. Is baseball is so long yet so short. Once you get to a certain spot near the All-Star break, everything starts getting really, really fast. You start losing more time in the hourglass, it feels like. And now going on to our last topic, Conor McGregor versus uh, Michael Chandler. If you didn't know, the newest season of Tough is out, and it's Michael Chandler versus Conor McGregor. Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. And usually, not always, but usually, the coaches of the Ultimate Fighter fight each other. Normally, they do, it's one division, like Chandler versus McGregor's lightweight, they do all lightweights. They train like they train them. They're their coaches. They bring their coaches in to help them, and then they fight. And then we have they have the tough final where those guys usually get contracts, especially if they have really good runs in tough. But as Al I think told me, but I already knew, Conor McGregor is not in the USADA pool. Now, what is the USADA pool? The UFC opts for a government-funded testing, which is called USADA. And they test all of the fighters year-round. And you need to be in the USADA pool for, I believe it is, at least three to six months to be eligible to fight in the UFC. Conor McGregor has still not started the clock on the on the USADA. He's not in the USADA pool, which means he is not eligible to fight in the UFC for a minimum of three to six months. That is not including the surgery he had for the broken fibula slash tibia he had against Justin Poirier in his last fight. So this fight at this point isn't going to happen. And I believe, Al, I'm not sure if you were going to mention this, but I saw it on Chael Sonnen's channel, who I love, is that Eddie Alvarez went out on, I'll say Twitter, but went out and said, I will step in and fight Michael Chandler on short notice if McGregor's not ready to go. And my, and Eddie Alvarez, former UFC lightweight champion, lost to Conor McGregor uh, famously when McGregor became the two-belt champion at, at, at featherweight and lightweight. But he was in bare knuckle, I believe Eddie Alvarez was, and won championship before that. So he could easily jump back into the UFC cage if Data wanted to go that way. Yeah, and I mean, it, it just makes me laugh a little bit because it's like, Eddie, where you been, buddy? Like, you know, like, settle down, okay? Michael Chandler would pummel you. Probably. Most, an, most likely. Easily. And there's also a video that surfaced on, again, Twitter. Um, because, I mean, Twitter's like a very good news Big source. Big Elon. Um, USADA showed up to Michael Chandler's door with a bunch of tests. Yep, and he posted it on, on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, stuff. and he wasn't impressed, and he called out Conor McGregor saying, hey, man, I don't care when this happens, but, like, where are you at, boy? That was the end. That's how the video ended. And at this point, I'm just going, man, McGregor is ducking Michael Chandler. Yeah, but he's been ducking everybody. Like, he I doesn't mean, want can it. can you blame him? You lost to Dustin Poirier three times. Don't get me wrong. Twice. Dustin... Uh, Twice. did they not have a trilogy? That did they he won the he won the first fight. I know McGregor, McGregor won, won the first, first fight, fight, but did they not? They fought two more times. McGregor lost in the they second lost, round yeah. by TKO, and then he started mm. talking. Then he broke his leg. Then he started talking, and then he broke his leg. Right. Okay. Your, your mom, your wife sent me DMs. I I mean, I guess it was so bad. I might have thought it was three times. I I don't Probably. know. But anyways, so you lost to Michael. Uh, no, you lost to Dustin Poirier twice, dude. You're done. You're done. You can't even be done, and like, and not like I was gonna say before, I was corrected. Thank goodness Spencer corrected me. Um, you, you, you just don't have it anymore. Yeah, but also credit to Dustin Poirier, he's improved a lot as a fighter since his well, first, the loss. first ever, the first McGregor meeting. And I, and I do want to mention here, Al, not to steal your train of thought. No, go ahead. But 
McGregor was a killer at featherweight, which is 145, which well, is right now the division that's led by Alexander Volkanovsky. Which, by the way, Volkanovsky looks bigger than Conor McGregor, even though McGregor's been on whatever the heck he's been on. Uh, prob- probably some sort of ped, which is PED. Which is why he's avoiding you USADA. Know, USADA. Which is why he's avoiding USADA, exactly. It's because he's been on some sort of growth hormone, if that's testosterone or if that's steroids, we don't really know, and doesn't really matter. But regardless, is McGregor was a, was a killer at yep. featherweight. And then he went up to lightweight and beat Eddie Alvarez. And people don't like to remember that McGregor never defended the lightweight championship. And the only fighters he's beaten at lightweight are Eddie Alvarez and Donald Cerrone. He didn't beat Dustin Poirier. He beat Poirier at featherweight, went up to lightweight, lost twice. And depending on who you ask, if you ask me anyways, uh, that Cerrone fight, I don't really count it. That. Poor, poor Donald was over the poor, hill. Poor Donald, yeah, he was... And that's no disrespect to Cerrone, who is a legend in the No, yeah, MMA absolutely. World. Yeah, you got... Yeah, for sure. We're not pulling a Stephen A. Smith on this show. No. But regardless, you also have to bring into effect, Conor McGregor lost to Khabib in decisive fashion. And yes, he did take a round off Khabib, the first round ever taken off of, of Khabib's record. But Khabib did what Namagamadoff does, which was... Throw him against the cage, pick him up, put him down, and that was the end of that. Like, not getting up this, ca- not getting up the ground. And then he mauled him, which is exactly what he does to everybody. Which every- yeah. he did, what he did to everybody until he retired. Which I hope he's enjoying his retirement, by, by the way. But, you know, when you look at the top lightweights right now, if you don't include Dustin Poirier, you know, he's not going to beat uh, Oliveira. He's not going to beat maybe Michael Chandler. He's not going to beat the, the next second coming of, of Khabib Namagomedov and Islam Makachev. Like, he he's not. He's not beating those guys. He's not going to be Alexander Volkanovsky, who is five foot six and shouldn't be winning at, f- at featherweight and would dust him at lightweight because I saw that guy go five rounds with Islam and almost beat him. Yeah. And, and my- he's got he's got five inches less than Islam. Yeah. And Michael Chandler would take care of business. I mean, listen. M- you Michael definitely Ch- think so. Michael Chandler just wants to beat the living crap out of this guy. I think everyone does. Every- everyone, and that's what's funny. It's everyone, McGregor wants but the narrative to, make a name, to But be. here's the problem. Like, you fight McGregor, you're not making a name for yourself anymore. Like, listen, the only reason why Michael Chandler is going to make a name for himself is because he followed through his call out that happened, like, way back when now. Way long ago, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only reason why Michael Chandler is technically going to be a name after the McGregor fight is because he finally got to follow through his call out and it finally happened. Anybody else that fights Conor McGregor, like, I'm sorry, if Cerrone would have beat McGregor, yeah, then you would have had a name because Cerrone was run down like he was, he was on his way he was out. older, yeah. That would have been insane. That would have been a huge upset. But even Dustin Poirier, do you really, like, okay, you give him credit for the first fight, but the second one, when he broke his leg, like, do you really, like, he half made a name for himself. See? Because, look, he can't win a belt. When it matters the most, he can't get it done. Yeah, but poor Diamond. Really a name? The Diamond's really had problems staying in that lightweight belt, and he's been close a couple of times. But regardless of that, the thing I want to mention here the most about McGregor is everyone keeps saying you're calling out Conor McGregor because he's the biggest day of MMA. I, I think it's because of what Chael Sonnen publicized when he was going for the middleweight championship. I want the easiest fight in front of the biggest crowd for the most money. That's why guys want Conor McGregor, because it'll be the easiest fight for the biggest crowd for the most money. Because the reality is at lightweight, 
at this point in McGregor's life where he has the silk sheets and doesn't have that fight anymore. Obviously, does not have that fight anymore. He has shown that to us repeatedly, that he does not have that dog that he used to have when he won the featherweight championship all those many years ago. It's not there anymore, which makes sense. When you're fighting for a cause and that cause is gone, it's really, really hard to get that fire back. And I don't think McGregor will ever get that fire back. And the sooner he realizes it, the better, because he'll take a lot less of a beating. Like, if he got in there with Michael Chandler, if he got in there with Islam somehow, if he got in there with Charles Oliveira, if he got in there with even Dustin Poirier for a fourth time, like, he would lose. And these, I even figment of his imagination to go up to 170, oh my god, he'd get crushed. Like, think about the top 170 pounders right now in the world. Kamaru Usman, uh, Leon Edwards, Kobe Covington, those guys would murder him. Yeah, Kobe Covington would would ragdoll Conor McGregor five rounds. Well, Kobe Kamaru Covington Usman is... would would knock him out cold with a right hand. Leon Edwards would dust him and make him look silly. Kobe Covington is literally another Michael Chandler in my books. In he's better of, and because yeah. he's got a faster pace. Kobe Covington puts a pace on you, yeah, and not it, a lot of guys can stay for not stay with it. But his cardio sucks. Or is it Chandler? No, Covington's got cardio. Chandler doesn't. Yeah, no. Chandler, Covington Chandler's, sets, sets Chandler's got a chin. Yeah, he takes a beating like yeah. Michael Gaethje. J- Justin Gaethje, another name that Conor McGregor couldn't beat. No. Justin Gaethje would murder. Yeah, oh my so, god, that'd be a firefight, and I want to see Gaethje put his lights out. Yeah, that would. Uh, well, okay, I, I will say this, and this is probably my last thought on that. My uh, two last thoughts. My first one, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I'm tired of hearing this talk. It's not happening. No, Michael, no, I'm sorry. I feel really bad for you. It's not happening. No. Find yourself another fight. I can't believe, though, the UFC even tried. The UFC did find a loophole. They knew they weren't going to get it done. So they're like, hey, we'll put you in a competition where, guess what? You have to fight. You've signed this dotted line. You have to fight. But now he's not even in USADA. Well, hey, you know what's sad is he keeps saying, I want to fight four times a year. I want to get back in, the, and the, back in the UFC schedule. And it's like, but, but no, you don't. No, you actions don't. speak louder than words, and your actions, Connor, are showing us that you have no interest in getting back in the ring. And that's fine, but just be honest about it. Yep. Don't try to pull the wool over everyone's eyes and act like you're going to get in the cage when it's blatantly obvious that you have zero intentions of getting back in the cage, at it, even at a, at a, at a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity like Brock Lesnar. You're never going to get back in the cage again. And that's fine. You don't need to. You've got your money. You've got your sponsorships. You've got your deals. Oh, he's set for life. Like, you can go off into the sunset and be who you want to be. Be drunk 24-7 if that's what you want. I wouldn't say that's healthy, but if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. If you want to punch out mascots. Yeah, if you, if you want to <laughs> create more allegations than O.J. Simpson, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. But don't act like, don't try to, don't, don't no. try to continue you don't this narrative that I'm going to get back in the cage, and not only is he going to get back in the cage, Al, he's going to get back in the cage four times a year again no, like happening. he's a hungry fighter. It's not happening. Like, it's just, it, it's unrealistic. And I watched his documentary. On, I didn't watch that propaganda garbage. I watched Dear it. it was, no, it was actually good. And the reason why I say this is because you, you brought up this point, and it's actually very good because this, they have this to back it up. They, his coaching staff actually at one point thought, you know, he doesn't have it, doesn't have the passion, doesn't want to do it. And the only way we want him to do it is if he wants to do it for himself. And I think we've reached the point now where we can say that McGregor just doesn't want to do it anymore. He doesn't want to. He says he wants to, but like you said, his actions haven't proven that. I, th- I think he thinks he wants to, but he knows he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, you, you think you want to do something. Oh, I want to do that. But and then, then you get there and, and you're like, a, yeah. And then you get to that point and you're like, you know what? I'd rather stay at home in my bed. 
with my yeah, my enough. with my with him, with him with my wife and my kids. Yeah. And you know what? Again, that's fair enough. But just be honest. Just say, you know what, guys, I think I'm done. I've had enough. Yeah. I've I've got my money. I've I got my belts. You know, I don't got any more. And you know, like I'll I'll say just just my last point. Prince has Prince has seen Ahmed. Perfect example. Ahmed, former world champion in boxing, lost one fight out. Lost one fight to Barrera and retired because he said, I don't have it anymore. I'm done. I, I, I thought I had it. I fought Barrera. I got my money. I don't want it anymore. I don't have that fire. I don't have that will that I used to have. I'm done. And he, his record has one loss. And it was his last fight ever because he knew to himself he could admit it that I'm done. He was young. He was like 32. But he said in his head, I don't have that fire anymore. And you know what? I'm okay with that. As much as you'd love to see that guy keep fighting because he probably still had ability, unlike I'd say Connor now because he's waited way too long past his clock. Oh, when it, Chandler first called him out, I was like, McGregor's got a chance. Well, think about it. Like, since, Chandler, watch out. But now it's like, since, dude. Since he fought Eddie Alvarez, you can count on one hand how many fighters he fought. Since he fought Eddie Alvarez. Since he fought Eddie Alvarez, I believe that went straight to Floyd. Yep. And then since Floyd, he fought what? Uh, Cerrone? No, but well, the, before that there was um, yeah, I was gonna say there's one more fight before Cerrone, but there's Cerrone and had, two Poirier no, fights. Didn't he have no Magomedov? Yeah, he would have fought Khabib. Yeah, he fought Khabib twice. Did he not? No, he only fought him once. Only once. Why yeah. do I think they, they have more fights but than yeah, they did? But he yeah, fought, he fought Khabib, lost that one. Lo- fought Floyd, lost that one. Fought yeah. Poirier twice, lost those two. Yeah, and then you've got Cerrone, and there was one more before Cerrone. I don't no, know. No, Cerrone who, came before Poirier too. But I, I can't remember. I think he had one more win. I think. But regardless, but anyways, yeah, he, he fought like four, five or six times. And that was it. And, and that was, I believe he won the lightweight championship back in 2016 was Eddie Alvarez. Might have even been earlier. It's like been it, a while, man. It has been like six, seven years a hot minute, yeah. since he was active in the UFC. That's there's, a problem. There's, you just made me think of another storyline, but I don't know if we want to. Well, have it up to you. Eh. If you want to go with it. All right, real, real quick. Juliana Pena. Oh, this joke. Yeah, let's get into this. Do you do you want to? Oh, but okay. Because I already know where I'm I, going with this. Like well, this whole crap about her, like how oh, she's now the pound, like uh, how Nunez is ducking her and stuff. It's like Pena, just shut your mouth. Because you, Nunez could easily fight her next week. Hey, you know what's funny? And Nunez would destroy did, her. Did you hear what Amanda said before the fight? After the fight, when she retired, when she when she heard what Pena said, she said she was supposed to be in this fight. And if she, if I fought her tonight, I wouldn't have retired. I wanted to fight a fighter I hadn't fought before and then retired. She could have been in the ring tonight, but she's hurt. Yeah. So she anyways, chose not to be here. Anyways, I I sit in the front row. I think that whole thing is a joke in oh, yeah. terms of like Nunez doesn't owe anybody anything. She's the greatest she, woman's fighter ever. Absolutely. She doesn't owe anyone anything. She does, definitely doesn't owe Juliana Pena anything. Listen. Yes, you submitted her in your first fight. Fine. But then guess what? You Next got five fight, round you beating. got your ass kicked. Five-round beating. Like, you, you, got, you, earned, you earned what you got yeah, in that first fight. Y- yeah. Like, it's like, why do you want to do it again? She said it, Nunez said it herself, too, and I believe her. Like, some people, you'll hear some people say, like, oh, I wasn't ready for the first one. I was ready for this one. Most people, most fighters that say that, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I believe you. Or, sorry, uh, I'll be like, yeah, sure, whatever. But then when Nunez says it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I believe you. Because it's true. She, I did not, no one expected, did you really think the lioness was going to get tapped? Well, but not only that. The no pro- way. Well, what, what happened was, genuinely, and, I, and I, I can believe this because I watched it. You watched the first round of that fight, and Amanda is, is 
just crushing Juliana. She's landing bombs. Pena is getting dusted, but she's able to withstand the pressure. And Amanda genuinely thought, I'm going to throw a, a massive storm her way, and she's not going to be there anymore. But the tornado went through the first round, and Pena was still there. The house still stood. And Amanda went, oh, no. Oh, I was not prepared for this. And then she gassed. Yeah. Very, she obviously gassed. For that second fight, she knew, oh, okay, so I know now I got to pace myself, but I can touch you whenever I want, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just got to make sure I don't gas myself. And that's exactly what she did. I don't gas. I touch you when I want. I'm going to win an easy decision. Yeah. And that's what happened. It yeah. was an easy decision. But anyways, the, the whole fact that, like, that was a story and, like, it was, like, I can't believe people were giving Pena that spotlight, too, to, like, run her mouth. It's like, and, and you know what's sad, Al? She didn't, like... Is Dana White came out after the fight and said that she's not even going to be in the, in the new... No, bi- she's he, not even in the like, picture. She, she's not even going to be it's in like, the fight for the you, belt. Yeah, he basically was like, yo, shut your mouth. Like, yeah, we're not doing this. You're going to get... No. No. So, like, not only did she get laughed at by by... By Amanda Nunes. She got laughed at by the guy by, that runs the yeah, show. She got laughed at by the UFC as an as an entity because they've said, not only are you not going to be in the, the, the new belt that's going to be handed out when they eventually have a have a challenger versus challenger fight for the for the vacant belt, like she's not going to be there. She has to work her way back to it. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a problem. And I, and I want to close this off with this, uh, you know, with the f- one more fighting topic. It's, I'm not talking about it. I just want to say I saw this, again, via Twitter. Um must get a lot of There's a tonight. fight scheduled in September now. Valentina Shevchenko is getting her rematch with Alex Grasso for the lightweight title. And Shevchenko's going to dust her. So that should be interesting. Is it lightweight or featherweight? Uh, feather. No, maybe lightweight. Nope. Now I'm confused. Now the only maybe, reason why I'm second guessing it. Bantamweight. That's Nama, a lie. Nama Yunus is also fighting. She's moving up yeah, to lightweight. She, flyweight. Fly. Yeah. It's it, it's strawweight, flyweight, bantamweight. Shevchenko's in bantamweight. Okay. Well, I should have just left it at you know the rematch was happening because clearly I just go show how much you know. I might not know the divisions. At least I know who who's fighting. So that's good, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Spencer. I don't know when we're doing this next. I'm hoping next Friday. Okay. Me too. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, we got almost a good hour and a half out of that. So Yeah, first episode in a couple of weeks. So yeah. once we get back in the swing of things, hopefully we keep it under about an hour. I'll get rid of that F-bomb after we stop recording. Thank goodness. And I actually got to show you a trick that I learned on Brillier. Ooh. I, you might already know it. But anyways, I don't want to talk about it on here because I might sound like an idiot if you know it. So it's fine. But uh, this was fun. I love how you sign on and I sign off. But I think it's, it's we got a good thing going when it comes to that. Whatever you think. I think it's I think it's good. It's okay, Big Al. This was uh I can't wait to see what we name this episode too. Well, it's okay, I'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. Grady Dick. Uh, and you break your leg. Oh, I'm gonna have to kick. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna break his <laughs> leg after the show, okay? I'll uh, be living out of this office. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the outrage. We will have this episode up when we have it up. Hopefully within the next 24 hours after we record this. We probably will. I'm editing this literally as I stop hitting recording. But uh, this was episode number 13 of The Outrage from Alain Kevion, Big Al, Al, whatever the heck you want to call me at this point. And the one and only Spencer Byers. I'll talk to you next time.